So um, this morning, I, I'm Pastor Rob here. Um, I'm the Connections and Youth Pastor here at Living Waters. And I get to preach this morning because Pastor Josh is gone on sabbatical. And uh, so it's only a little bit longer that he'll be, he'll be away on sabbatical. But this morning, I have the privilege of opening up Proverbs 16, 1 through 3 with you as we continue along in Solomon's wisest words. So let's read from Proverbs 16, 1 through 3. The plans of the heart belong to man, but the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. All the ways of man are pure in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the spirit. Commit your work to the Lord and your plans will be established. So my title for the sermon this morning is The Role Plan. The Role Plan is the title for the message this morning. We're going to be talking about planning. And as I thought about different plans that, that I've made recently, uh, we just got back, Holly and I just got back. We got to go with Josh and Danielle for a little portion of their sabbatical. We got to go uh, to Kauai with them. And, and part of our plan was, we started planning this a year ago on what we would do. And part of our plan was the first night when we got there, we were going to suffer, you know, suffer in, in Kauai. And we were going we to sit in a, in a convertible. So we had this, this glorious plan that, hey, Kauai's got like perfect weather. There's like, um, like no bugs. It's, it's just always beautiful. And you can, you can just, you can just, uh, we'll, we'll sleep in the car the first night. Because we're going to save a little bit of money. We're going to sleep in the car the first night. And we'll be under the stars. It's, it's Hawaii, right? So it's going to be great. So we've had this glorious plan. And we get to, to evening time. And we decide, hey, there's a public beach. Let's go park. Let's go park the car on this public beach. And Josh and I, let's be manly men. And we'll go be the guys that sleep on the, the sand. And the ladies can sleep in the locked car, right? So... So the ladies are in the car. Josh and I, we go and we lay down. We lay down on the beach. And you can hear the, the waves coming in, and it's great. And um, I'm asleep. I, I, once I go to sleep, usually I'm a pretty hard sleeper. And so I go to sleep. And Josh, I wake up to, to a UTV driving on the sand in the dark with its headlights coming at us. And Josh had, had just snapped up. Like, so fast. I'm like, whoa. And I'm just still trying to open my eyes. And uh, he was ready to, like, move out of the way or whatever. Well, then the UTV turned off, and it turned away, and we both went back to sleep. So, that, so we continue sleeping. Well, then I wake up at about 1.30 in the morning. I wake up to, like, these three guys that are obviously up to no good. They're kind of moving around in the shadows behind trees, kind of watching us. And uh, so, you know, I flipped over and I was on my stomach and I was just watching them. It was like, hey, I'm on a stakeout, you know, I'm just, <laughs> I'm, I'm just, I'm just watching them. And, and uh, so then Josh kind of rolls over and, and uh, so I'm like, maybe he's waking up a little bit. And so I said, Josh, I said, um, I said, I'm watching these three guys over here. They're kind of sitting off in the distance and, and uh, you know, I'm just, we're just kind of waiting to see what they're going to do. And, and Josh snaps up and he goes, okay, let's go. And, uh, 
So we get in the car, we, we make a, an adjustment to our, our plan again, and we decide, well, let's go to the place that we're supposed to check into 14 hours from now, and let's, let's just look at it, and let's just kind of tell them what we've got going on and see if maybe they, maybe they might have somewhere for us to stay. And so we get, we get to the place, and they not only let us check in, but they let us check in for free, and we got to spend the rest of the time in a nice bed away from, you know, anything that, like UTVs and craziness and all that kind of stuff. So we make, we make plans, and this for us was just a glorious plan, but it ended up changing a lot along the way. But this morning's big idea is... When we roll our plan, I forgot to say, as part of that story, before we ever left their house and we started this trip, Pastor Josh prayed. He said, God, this vacation, this plan is yours. And so that helped us a lot as, as things came up during vacation because it was God's plan. We just gave it over to God, whatever the plan was. So this morning, when, when we roll our plan into God's hands, our plan is set and it's in a much better hands than our own. Much better hands than our own. So the question this morning is, where is God in your planning? Where is God in your planning? So we're going to examine three aspects of planning this morning. The first one is our heart, but God's answer. Our heart, but God's answer. The plans of the heart belong to man, but the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. So let me start by saying it's good to have a plan. We should make plans. We should be planning people. Our plans are an arrangement of things, the preparations we make. This idea here, it doesn't carry the idea of getting things done on a whim, although I can have that tendency to do that. And uh, I still think it's a plan. It's just usually I'm just going with whatever my heart's desire is at the time. But this type of plan involves a lot of thought. You're thinking through, you're arranging, you're preparing your plan. We plan for small things and big things in our lives. We plan minute to minute, month to month, and year to year. So think about how you plan with me this morning. How do you plan? About your days. How do you plan your day? You probably wake up with a plan, how to start your day. You got an alarm clock that goes off, and you're going to do certain things when that alarm clock goes off, right? You're going to use the restroom, you're going to, you know, whatever. Whatever it is you're going to do. Hopefully, it involves spending some time with Jesus in the morning. You think about your month. You have budgets, kids' sporting events, work, serving at church, church volleyball, getting to all your necessary doctor's visits, and your year. Think about all the New Year's resolution planning that you do. We're about halfway through the year right now. How, how's everyone doing on their New Year's resolution that they made, right? So you, you, we make plans all the time. You think about your bucket list, that's a plan. Everybody's got a bucket list of things that they, they want to do, right? Uh, whether it's something super extreme, skydiving, or who knows what it is. We have, we have these plans. It's Father's Day, so I had to tell you, like, my dad doesn't have a normal bucket list. Um, we were once sitting down at a, a timeshare. Has anybody sat down at a timeshare thing before? It's a hard sale, right? They sit down and they sell you, they sell you hard at a timeshare. And so they asked my dad, they said, um, 
you know, well, what do you like to do on vacation? And my dad says, I don't like vacation. <laughs> so the Timeshare person was dumbfounded. They were like, I don't know how to respond to that. I don't know that anybody's responding. They said, well, what do you like to do? He says, I like to drive my bulldozer. <laughs> that's my dad. That's my dad. So you might be like my dad, but that's still a plan. That's still part of your, your bucket list. Maybe you don't like vacations, but you've got, you've got plans for, for the future. Um, so think about all the planning that has gone into getting us here to this building. All the, all the building committee thinking about all the details to get everything right here in this building. A lot of planning, a lot of thinking went into this building. So we make all these plans for our months, days, years, and our church. But where do our plans come from? Where do our plans come from? Proverbs says, the plans of the heart belong to man. So plans come from our own heart's planning. So what do we know about our hearts? What is the heart? So the heart's the inner man, the mind, the will, our understanding, our soul, knowledge, thinking, reflection, memory, inclination, resolution, determination, our conscience, a set of appetites, seat of emotions, and passions, our courage, that's our heart, okay? That's our heart. And Proverbs says, the plans of the heart belong to man. What does the Bible say about our heart? Does the Bible say, follow your heart? Hey, do whatever your, wherever your heart leads you, that's what you should do, right? Follow your dreams. That's what the, is that, does the Bible say that? Sometimes in our heart, we'd love it if the Bible said those things. Uh, And that's because we have sinful hearts, right? We're sinners. But here's what the Bible actually says about our hearts. If you went to Jeremiah 17, 9, it says, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can understand it? So our hearts are sick. Our hearts are sick. And we can't even understand our hearts, right? In James 1.4, it talks about how we're tempted by our own desires, by our own heart. It says, but each person is tempted when he is lured, when he is enticed by his own desire. So if you're doing the math here and you're thinking, well, my heart is what's doing the planning and my heart's really sick, then my plans are always doomed. Is that what you're, I mean, that's kind of the, the not really, because you get to the next part of the verse And it's God answers. God answers, right? We make these plans and God answers. So what are God's answers to our plans? Yes, no, keep waiting. Sometimes, I was talking to Nate Schmock a little bit ago, sometimes God's answer comes in the form of an object lesson uh, and maybe a spanking, something like that. Uh, Many times, God allows us to make sinful choices in our arrogance. God allows those things. The fascinating thing, though, about God is that he's sovereign in our plans, good or bad. But wouldn't you rather have your plan be led by God rather than just of your, of your own heart, whatever's just in your own heart? And that brings us to verse 2. It's our way, but God's weighing 
All the ways of man are pure in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the spirit. All the ways of man are pure in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the spirit. So whatever way we made, it ends up in our minds as pure. So do you find that to be true about yourself? You get on a path, a direction that feels right in line with your heart, your desires, and it's pure, right? It's right. We think our way is right. So if you take a look back in your mind at the last day, month, you've been going on a path. And as Pastor Pat Nemers up at Sailorville will say, paths lead to places, right? We are on a path. Whatever path you are on, it's going to lead to a place. And sometimes we get on a path and we think it's the right way. And the illustration that came to mind thinking about how we can get on a path and think it's the right way, has anybody ever seen the movie Planes, Trains, and Automobiles? Okay, so you remember with Steve Martin and John Candy, and they're driving down a four-lane highway, right? And there's, a, there's another vehicle on the other two lanes, and they're going the, op, they're going the same way as them, right? So that shouldn't work. There should be one car going this way, one car going the other way. And the other car starts trying to get their attention, and they're starting starting to say, you're going the wrong way. You're going the wrong way. And John Candy and Steve Martin's response is what? Like, hey, they're over there. You know, uh, they're, clearly it's us that's not going the wrong way. It's them that's going the wrong way. And they, they learn they're the, actually the ones that are going the wrong way when two semis come right at them and they almost, they almost get hit, right? So sometimes that's us. Sometimes we have to have things like two semis come at us to realize, for us to realize that we're going the wrong way. But do we think our way is right or pure in life? How do we, why do we do that? Why do we think that our way is pure, that our way is right? Maybe it just feels right. Maybe you're affirmed by your friends or your coworkers who tell you it's right. The, the path that you're on is right. Maybe you've been feeling justified on your path because you were poorly treated by another person, another brother or sister in Christ. Maybe by your husband or by your wife, you're on this path. And you're on this path and it seems pure in your own eyes. We know, though, because of God's word that our hearts are sick. And because of our sick hearts, we always think our path is straight. But sometimes God will plant an idea or a thought in our minds. So how do we determine, is the thought in our mind of God or is it just my sick heart? How do we determine that? Well, Solomon says the Lord weighs the spirit. Solomon points out it's the Lord who weighs the spirit. God alone weighs our spirit and our motives. He's omniscient. If I ask the youth, we've, we've talked about God being omniscient. Is there any youth in here? What's omniscient mean? Nobody wants to say all-knowing, right? God is all-knowing. That's who God is. He knows the real reason you're choosing the path you're on. You may think you're on the right path or you may have everyone on earth snowed, including yourself, but God knows and he knows you. So hear the Psalm of David from Psalm 139. O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. 
You discern my thoughts from afar. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. So if you're reeling back at the idea that God searches you and God knows you, it's probably because you're on the wrong path. And how do you change paths? You change paths by repenting, turning away from the path that you're on, right? But if you're on the right path and you're with God, these verses are a comfort because you know that God is searching you out. He's discerning you. He's searching out your path. Knowing that God knows your ways is a good thing because he helps us course correct. Real quick. God weighs and searches our hearts with a measuring device. It's called the Bible. His word. That's the measuring device. That's how God weighs things out in our lives. We use a lot of other things for measuring devices. Our own heart, thinking, friends, coworkers, affirmation, accolades from anyone. But does your plan, the plan that you've made, does it line up with God's weighing, with his measuring device? So if you're doing something contrary, if you're doing something contrary to what God says in his word, then it's not his plan, it's your plan. And if you find out it's your plan, switch paths. So if you read his commandments and you decide to do something contrary, then you're on your own plan. So some quick commandments. It's Father's Day, so i got to bring up Ephesians. Honor your father and mother. Do not commit adultery, 1 Corinthians. Do not covet, Colossians. Love God with all your heart, soul, and mind. Love your neighbor as yourself, Mark 12. So if your plan is running contrary to God's, then it's not God's plan, it's yours. So if you found yourself here, repent. So our God is a great and merciful God who loves you and will forgive you when you repent. Jesus came to die for you. He loves you. He came to die for you and die for your sin that you've committed. And that brings us to the third point, our rolling and God's setting. It says, commit your work to the Lord and your plans will be established. Commit your work to the Lord, and your plans will be established. What does it mean to commit? It means to roll, to roll away, or to roll oneself. So you roll like this rock. If I were to pick up this rock and roll it, you're going to roll that rock. We've recognized the sinful nature of our heart. The ways always seem pure. Our ways are measured by God, and we can measure them by his word. So we put together this plan. We do. That's what we do. We put together a plan. So we put together this plan. What do we do with it? We roll it to God. We roll it into his hands, who are more capable than ours. We stop holding on to the plan. You roll it to the Lord. Roll it into the hands of Jesus. So this means you start the execution of your plan by saying, God, this plan that I've made is yours. This is yours. This is my heavy heavy plan that I've made, and I'm going to roll it. I'm going to roll it over to God, right? And we we make plans all the time. 
but we need to be constantly taking our plans and rolling them over to God. Otherwise, they're our plan. So with Josh, this vacation is yours. That was rolling the plan. Take your plan for your life, roll it to God. You can say, please take it and do what you will with it because your ways are truly better than my ways. But how do we, what's that look like? What's that look like to commit or to roll our plan to God? It means we're trusting and we're submitting to God humbly and in prayer. It's a complete dependence on God. Not partially, but wholly. So if I took this, this rock, which is sometimes what we do with our plans, and we say, okay, God, I've, I've got this plan, but I'm going to, I'll give you, I'll start rolling it, but I kind of still want to hold on to it. We're not trusting God, right? We're not trusting God if we're saying, here, here God, you can hold on to it, and I'm going to hold on to it at the same time. That's not full trust. That's not trusting God and who he is. Or sometimes what we like to do is we go, here you go, God, and then take it, take it right back when it's not working out the way we thought it, the way we thought it should. It's a complete dependence, a complete dependence on God. So if you think of Abraham and Isaac, so was Abraham, Abraham was completely dependent on God with Isaac, right? So Isaac was brought to the altar, he was going to sacrifice Isaac, and, and God stops Abraham. Abraham was willing to do what God was asking him to do. He was supposed to sacrifice him, but he had rolled his plan to the Lord. Abraham trusted God, knowing God is a good God. Hebrews eleven nineteen says, He considered that God was able even to raise him from the dead, from which, figuratively speaking, he did receive him back. So Abraham understood that who God was and God could do what God will do with his plan. We roll the plan to God with humility. We have to roll our plan to God with humility, with a Lord willing. If you look at James, some of you are already thinking of James, James 4, 13 through 16. Come now, you who say, today or tomorrow we will go to such and such a town, spend a year there and trade and make a profit. Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a lifetime, then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. Do you have a Lord willing built into your plan? When you make this plan, you're saying, I made it, Lord willing, this will happen. We'll do this or that, Lord willing. If you don't, there's the two ditches that you kind of get into. One ditch is when your plan succeeds and you go, look at me. Look at what I did. Look at my plan. Look how successful I am, right? Or the other ditch is when your plan goes awry, which so many times our plans do, what happens? We get, we get frustrated. We get angry because it, it's our plan and we never rolled it to Jesus. So, Add a Lord willing to your plan. When you think of trusting, think of David in Psalm 22, 8. He trusts in the Lord. Let him deliver him, for he delights in him. When we trust God with our plan, when the plan seems to have gone awry, it hasn't because it's God's plan and it's perfect. However the plan appears to be going, it's his. 
and it's better than whatever we would have come up with. So don't try to grab, don't try to grab the plan back as soon as it's not going how you thought it should be going. So you, the small example is we said that we would um, tough it out and stick to our plan. We would have missed, we would have missed out on the, the blessing that God had for us. Had, had we done what I was thinking, like, hey, I'll just keep watching these guys on the beach and I'll stick to the plan that, that we made originally and not adjust, we would have missed out on the blessing that God had for us when Josh immediately responded and got up and said, let's go. And that's the way we need to be with our plans. We need to go, okay, God changed the plan. Let's go. Don't be like me laying on the beach going, let's just keep watching, seeing, see what happens. <clears throat> but God's plan isn't necessarily, just because that worked out with, great, with a great ending does not mean our plans end up that way all the time, do they? God's plan for your life isn't necessarily painless on earth, but his plan for your life is good, and you can trust him with it. So how will, how will my plan that I've made be established? How will it be set? How are our plans set? So first we make a plan and we get on a path, but we use God's word to weigh the plan, then we roll the plan, committing our plan with trust and humility that we made for the day, the minute, the month, the year of our life. Our plans are set when we've rolled them into the loving hands of our Father. So, Think about rolling your plans, rolling your plans to God. God's sovereign, all-knowing, the creator of heaven and earth, and he cares for you so much that he would send his son Jesus to rescue you and me from our sin. Isn't that a much better place for your plan? So this morning, if this, if this rock is your plans, have you rolled, have you rolled your plans to God? Have you rolled your plans to God this morning? Are you in the habit of rolling your plans to God? Of waking up in your day and saying, God, this day is yours. The plan for my day is yours. I trust you because you're a good God. And I know who you are. Let's pray and then we'll have some time to just sit in your seat and respond to God in a couple minutes. Um, just think about how, how our God is a good God and he can handle our plans. God, thank you, for, thank you for Proverbs, thank you for your word, thank you for um, your love for us, and um, how even in our messed up plans and our messed up thinking, messed up thinking so often, um, you, you take it and you make the plan good. I just pray that we would be a church, a people that is, is used to just turning our plans, committing our plans to you, rolling our plan to you. And if there's people right now that have never rolled their life to you, committed their life to you, I pray that they would do that now. In Jesus' name, amen.